Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use the code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. Hey, I'm Carlos Bryant, and you're listening to Tell Craig Your Story Podcast.
Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to rap recording artist and musical producer, Carlos Bryant. Now, Carlos was born in Stockton, California. He started listening to rap and all of his favorite music at a very, very young age. But it wasn't until around 15 where he decided to start making music himself. He made the decision a couple of years ago to quit his full-time job and make music his career. Now, during this time, he's brought out numerous EPs, including Like Never Before, Black, Red, Kali, Blue, Orange, Pink, Yellow, and Purple. But it wasn't until 2021 that he released his first full album, Colorblind. Now, my favorite song off the new album is called Pain, and it's the first track off the new album. I really like how it starts off like a rap song, and then midway through the song, it just sort of breaks down into this jazz groove and really sort of surprises you and shocks you that this happens. And I think it's really cool how he does that. Now, Carlos has also done some modeling as well. And he's also the co-founder of a company called Plant Based. And he's also contributed recently to the baby remix, Let's Get It. But before we go, please go to our website. We're at Podbean. Tell Craig your story at podbean.com. We also have a link tree there which tells you where Tall Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Spotify, to name a few. We also have VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners, at Tall Craig Your Story. We are on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and we also have a YouTube channel there. Make sure you're subscribing to get all the latest updates. Now, at the start of the podcast, we listened to the song Electric, and at the end of the podcast, you will hear the track Flowers featuring DJ Kenzo. All right, here we go. This is my chat with Carlos Bryant on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi, Carlos. How are you doing today? Hey, how you doing, Craig? How's everything going? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. Thank you very much for your time. I, I know you're an extremely busy man, making lots of music and yes. uh, doing appearances, so yes. I really appreciate your time. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas to you, and yeah, uh, tell us... To you as well. Oh, thank you. And tell us about just a review of 2021. So 2021 for me, uh, it was a good year uh, comparative to... I guess 2020, right? Uh, when everything was kind of really slowed down. I think 2021 was the yeah. first time I was, yeah, it, it was the first time I was able to get back on stage, uh, able to perform live again, uh, especially here in California. So it was a, you know, a lot more leeway to really just do a lot, a lot of things we weren't able to do. And me, one of the big things I did last year was I was able to lock in and I was working on putting out these mini albums every month. So that, that yes. was like my goal. Yeah, that was my goal like all year. I was like, I just got to consistently do something, you know, because not all the venues are open. There's not a lot of opportunity for shows and whatnot. So I'm like, you know what, if I'm not performing, if I'm not out there in the public eye, you know, out, out physically outside, I want to make sure I'm still just coming with consistent music. So that was 2021 for me really learning a lot about myself, really making some big moves, leaving a company I was with for almost seven years on a personal standpoint, 
to really go wow. all in on my my business endeavors and, and my music endeavors as well. So very excited. And then wrapping up to this year, I feel like I'm just, you know, fearless, ready to take on the world. So very, very blessed. Yeah. And did you have to actually cancel, you know, performances? Like how long of a period was it without, you know, doing any live music? I think I, I, I haven't done anything live I mean the I guess the threshold for it I think well March March of 2020 until you know you know right you know this uh summer this year you know so about a year wow. and a couple months yeah before there's really big shows I did a couple of virtual performances like uh, uh they would have you record your own set and you would you know they would live stream it for like universities and different things like that but nothing physical until this year mm-hmm. so very excited to be back at it and then you know hopefully we don't get shut down again it's the talks in the world so we'll yeah see how it goes yeah tell us about that the virtual thing i mean that's not something you do every day i mean what was yeah. that experience like that was a very good experience there's a campus out in uh, the city that i live in stockton california there's a campus right. for the uh, university of the pacific here and they had a uh, a live stream show a live stream show for they all their like homecoming and uh it was like a big festive thing so they had it but people couldn't come out physically so they had it they streamed it and they got a couple right. of big artists perform yeah they had a couple of bigger artists performing and i was lucky to be one of the artists that opened up for the the whole event so it was really cool it was different i literally was in a room with a green room and i had to right. uh, yeah crazy but i'm just performing and it's going live stream right to you know thousands of people which was so cool uh, that was different too, because you're performing essentially just in front of a cameraman, you know, but you have to act like yeah. you got this big crowd in front of you. So that was a different experience. But I think that's where uh, the world is going. I'm noticing a lot of artists are doing that. They're doing their own, uh, recording their own sets, you know what I mean? Like their own live sets and then distributing them to their fans and things like that. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm glad I got the experience. You know, we've got the technology now. There's lots yeah. of things that we can do. So we may as well take advantage of it in this sort of exactly. situation, right? hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about that, tell us about COVID. I mean, it hit us all, you know, uh, 2020, the start of 2020. So yeah. uh, for you, are your family staying safe? And, and for you, you know, how did you make the adjustments? Yeah, so the family is all good. Um, I think everybody's had their couple scares with it, but everybody's good. Um, and I think me making adjustments, I think going back to what I said about not being able to perform, I think that year I really had to uh, buckle down and really realize what I wanted out of life, uh, what I wanted out of music. I had to really become a stronger writer and really dive into my craft. Uh, Because at that point, when you're just at home, not able to do the things you once were able to do, you really have to hone in on uh, your capabilities. So I think that was one thing COVID I am grateful for is that it kind of forced me to look in the mirror and really figure out who I was and really start building uh, this grit, tenacity, and work ethic to really just propel me through that next year of 2021. So, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's very unfortunate that we're dealing with what we're dealing with, but I think it's actually helped propel me a lot further uh, going through those experiences. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Let's talk about, like, the, the latest recording that you've done. I listened to it last night, and I listened to it again today, uh, Colorblind. Yes. Um, one, one thing that I sort of noticed, it's the first track. first track is Pain. Yeah. So the, the first thing that I noticed is like it, it's like, you know, uh, hip hop and rap. And then all of a sudden it just breaks down into this yeah. jazz groove. 
and it's yes. like that is so cool. Yes, <laughs> I really, I really, really like. I really, really like that. So tell us about uh, this whole recording process. Tell us, yeah, tell us everything about it. I'm very interested to hear about how, the whole process of it, how you picked, you know, the people that you also featured on the album yes. as well. So, yeah, yes. tell us about this. So what we basically did is we put out, uh, like I said, a bunch of music and just to back up. So we put out a bunch of music in 2021. Uh, we're putting out music consistently like every three or four weeks so every month or so. What I then did is I basically made a compilation album out of all those songs. I took the best songs that performed the best, some of my favorites, and condensed them down into this, this body of work. And I also added in a couple of extra like bonus tracks. So it's like a compilation album in a sense, but how we did it is really is, is really cool. Um, and the process of recording it, it was very like run and gun. Like a lot of it was very strategic, but uh, towards the end, we were really just trying to get in make good music and put it out and it worked really well it, it allowed me to really get outside of my head and just and be consistent be consistent on a um you know monthly basis you know and a lot of people can't do that a lot of people yes. uh you're, tr you're trying to make music and you kind of just um you prolong it you overthink it you you have a song you sit on for six months before you even put it out and i think i learned like to trust my abilities um in that process and really if i feel something in my heart is good in the moment, go for it. Don't overthink it too much because you might miss your moment or, you know, you might miss opportunity by waiting too long. Um, so that, that was one of the things that really came with that project. Um, working with a lot of ama amazing artists out of the whole uh, the Stockton yeah. area, California area. One artist was from Florida. So it was very cool to be able to work with a couple of different people and uh a couple of different producers as well and then have those sounds like those jazz sounds that you hear on pain yeah that's one of my that's one of my all-time favorites man because it's just so i love being in the room when people first listen to it and how like you know they're nodding their heads to the beat and then it just switches and people are like whoa what's going on kind of really catches yes. their attention yes and it makes yeah. that staple yeah so I, I really appreciate that one and i really love uh the recording process i love those i love transitions I think, you know, I love yes. like the way music transitions. I love like, uh, I like being, I, I love the thought of versatility. I love the thought of uh, being kind of unpredictable. I think if you ever get mm -hmm. to a position where people can like uh, look at your song title and are, already know what it's going to sound like because you're so predictable, I think that's yes. when you, that, that's, that's not necessarily a good thing. You kind of want to have people on their toes like, hey, I don't know what this is going to sound like. He's always coming with something crazy. What is this? And I think that's the best. <laughs> the, the, well, they say the best art is not the art that everybody likes in a sense. It's like the art that is mm -hmm. either, it's like super polarizing. It's either people hate it or they love it. That's when you know yeah. you have something on your hands. You know, don't, you know, some people just make art just to be in the middle where everybody kind of like, okay, this is kind of good. But that polarizing art, I think is what's going to stand the test of time. So I think that right there was like, and you're not the first person to say that. So I think I'm on the right path. They're just trying to, stand the test of time do sound a little bit different every time so yeah absolutely and so obviously that means that you have like a bit of respect for the jazz music you, you know it's not just uh rap i mean obviously that that's your sort of go-to but it seems yes. like you have other sort of other music uh tastes so you know yes that's always good to have as well yeah and that and that's and I, that comes from being around my grandmother at an early age around my mother playing a lot of different kinds of music, man, from R&B to Motown, oldies, um, jazz records, right. um, country records, you know, 
and it, I feel like as an artist, you need to understand that every every genre, every song serves its purpose in some way. And uh, being able to collect from that and then put inter, you know, interject it into your music, uh, it's 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 a beautiful thing. So I'm I'm blessed to have those experiences and be able to grow up on those sounds. So it's helped me a lot. Yeah. And uh, one thing about your lyrics as well, uh, very inspirational, very uh, self, you know, talking about, about your family. Did that yeah. take you sort of a while to sort of uh, get comfortable doing that? Or is that just something that, that, that came out naturally? I think uh, for me, it is something that took, a, you know, what? no, actually, I think from the beginning, I always would reflect on my experiences, uh, my financial experiences, my family situations, relationships, because I felt like for me, um, you know, my, my artist name is Carlos Bryant. That's really just my government name, you know, and I felt like right. I'm just a ref I'm a reflection. Like these are just my diary pages in a sense. Like I'm not trying to sell this image of this artist that, you know, or, you know, I'm really just myself. I'm just a normal guy. And that's how I kind of, my, my brand kind of is. I'm just this normal uh guy really really motivated and i like to share my stories of where i've come from and i think yeah being vulnerable is the only way you do succeed i feel like if you're too guarded, right. if you can't open up people can't relate to you people relate to you when um you're vulnerable and like we go back to the song pain i think uh, a couple months ago i performed it in san francisco um and then wow. somebody came somebody came up to me after the show with tears in their eyes because they they could relate to that you know the second half of the song it gets a lot more emotional mm. they were going mm. through a similar situation that i was talking about in that song so it's like it makes me think like man being vulnerable does pay off because you never know who's going to resonate with so that's kind of my thing so i i love it that's, i love that. being truthful and, and vulnerable yeah absolutely and that's made it makes you feel so good it, do, it doesn't matter uh you know everyone's human and uh you know yeah. for people to come up to and say that they've inspired you, you've inspired them or you yeah. know they can relate to the the story that you tell yeah. i mean that's that's just really touching so yeah yeah that's great so and and tell us like you were talking a little bit before about writing your songs how was how that process has that changed uh to now you know how long do you sit on a song do you sort of mix it or do you do, do you you know add things to it or how long do you yeah. say oh no nah, no nah, this is not good enough or do you sort of work on it or do you go oh that's really cool let's keep it you know straight away yeah so me it just what I've I'm learning is um to keep everything right so when right. you write ly lyrics keep them stored in your notes if you have beats or whatever um storm because sometimes i do do something and i'm not feeling it in the moment and i'll hear that same melody or that beat or whatever that hook uh a couple months later and i'll go back and finish it and I'll, I'll be in love with it um I, sometimes the songs write themselves in a sense you know what i mean and sometimes it, our, we're not ready for it i guess in a sense i would say you're, you're like i don't know about this but there's there's something there that's why you started doing it um, so I come exactly. back a lot to stuff. I think, I think uh, as of late, I think my process has been I try to break the songs down. I'll go in, uh, come up with the instrumental with one of my producers. We'll lay down like a mm. hook. I mean, make sure we like the hook, and then we'll, I'll usually take it home and sit on it for a couple hours, and then come up with the rest of the verses and fit everything else in. But I like to have a good hook. I feel like that's like your yeah. center stone of your song, like how, the hook. You know what I mean, like. No, if it's simple or if it's a radio type, you know, song, the hook is very key for me. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yes. infatuated with hooks. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. So I think that's like, I, I know a lot of songs that have bad verses, like bad bridges and verses, but good hooks and people still will listen to them as opposed to the yes. opposite. If you have a bad hook, nobody will, you know, you know, they won't give you much replay value. So that's what we do exactly. now. It's kind of, that's kind of what we do now is we come up with the beat, lay down the hook um, and I'll come back and really write to it. And I, and I start to do that to not waste time. Cause I feel like in my earlier days, I would spend so much time in the studio trying to write, you know, you know, you know, you're paying for studio sessions and you're, you're trying to spend hours writing the song when you could just go in, knock out eight different hooks and bridges and then take it back to your home with you. See which one you actually like finish it completely and then go into the studio and cut it so you can save time, you know? So that's all I'm all about saving time nowadays. So that's kind of my process Absolutely. as of late. One thing that I like uh, as musicians is to play live. I mean, it's great that you can sort of go in the, in the recording studio and, and do a, like a, a great sounding uh, recording, but until you can actually go out and sort of you know, do it live. So for you playing performances live, like how many people do you need? What's a normal uh, show for you? Like, is it very hard to set up or how does it all work? Um, it's, it's, I think for me, man, you know, it's crazy. I'm one of those people where I always get like super jittery, you know what I mean? Super, I think excited. I, you know, I don't think anxious is the right word. I get super excited. Um, yeah. and once I hit the Nervous? stage, all the energy, um, I don't know. I, I think it's funny cause I think so, but not, but when I step on stage, no, it's weird. It's one of those things. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. It's like, like I, maybe be nervous until I step onto this. Like I, it's my time to go yes. and, it, and it just gets yes. quiet and I'm, and I'm in a zone. So I think that's just, that's why I rephrase it as just excited. My body's excited. I'm ready to perform. I have these feelings that I want to give to the audience and I have to go into this almost character. And some of these songs are very deep and heartfelt. So I have to dig mm. really deep to really perform them. So it, it is very, uh, it can make you nervous in a sense. I think that's no, normal to feel such way. Yeah. For me, you know, and, and then like over the last year, we've done shows from, you know, 50 people in the audience to, you know, a couple thousand people in the audience. And um, either wow. way, you, you got to approach it the same way. Um, yes. Pre preparation wise. Now, you know, as I'm growing with it, I understand uh, preparation, like uh, being uh, prepared. You know what I mean? Like really yeah. like running through it, running through your set every day, every every day before the show, you know, a couple of weeks leading up. Make sure you're prepared. Make sure your lyrics are down. Make sure your your uh, show mixes and all your show mics and everything is good. You know, I mean, if you're bringing your own equipment, yeah. make sure you're set up to succeed. Um, and I, I now I'm learning that too, and I'm still trying to implement it even more. But just being organized and treating it like a a, a job, even before mm -hmm. it is a job. You know, you're really treating it like this is what I got to do. You know what I mean? Treat you know what I mean? Treating it like it's like an exam. Like you know, check everything yeah. off and make sure you know you go out there and really kill it because like you said like anybody can make you know not anybody but a lot of people can make really good music in the studio not a lot of people can go and translate and connect with the audience and yes. uh i pride my i pride myself on that really well especially in the hip-hop community a lot of people and you've probably seen it they just record over uh, they perform over their vocal tracks like their regular songs yes yeah yes. it's crazy it's super big in the hip-hop community it's crazy so I really pride myself when I go out there and I I can cut through just, you know, just off of the bare instrumental backing me, you know, or my, you know, a guitarist or a drum, you know what I mean? But it's just my voice. Yeah. There's no back. People love that.
that dude people become infatuated with that because it's such a rarity so that that's one of the things i love about live performing as well and i can feel it as well how do you pick sort of like a set list as well i mean uh you have a you have your bunch of eps uh that you've done now you've got a compilation so are you primarily just doing uh you know songs from from the that album the colorblind album yeah so yeah so well yeah for the last year i think we did a lot of stuff uh off of colorblind and even some older songs uh we primarily like to read the room and see what kind of event we're doing if we're doing right. a, a r&b festival for instance we might choose songs that fit better with that demographic to captivate that audience because it might not yes. make sense for me to, to do my more you know upbeat really hype stuff for that audience because i might not the new listeners that are in the audience, I might not be able to captivate them to come and a- actually engage on my content. So we kind of read the room. We see what we're doing um, before we uh, choose the songs. You know what I mean? So, but with me, I have such a uh, versatility with like uh, love songs, uh, you know, radio songs, jazzy songs, groovy songs that I'm able to do a lot of different things. So that, that's what I appreciate, you know? Yeah, like with your fans now, it, it seems that it seems to be just growing and growing and growing all the time. Yeah. So, how how do you do that? Uh, you know, you're always sort of approachable, like like for the fans to come up and sort of talk to you after the show or before the show. I think yeah, of course, man. I, I don't even like consider people as I guess fans, man. I would just say I just say everybody's like family, my supporters, friends. Yeah, family, I, yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? I, I, I just can't even think of it like that, you know, because I think like these people are the infrastructure of me reaching any accolade I've ever reached so far. You know, it's like and I think people, artists in particular, kind of forget about that. It's like, man, like these people that are listening are like the reason why I'm able to do these things, the reason why I'm able to get booked for shows and, and, and paid for gigs and paid for different things in the music realm it's not because of me yes i'm I'm the vessel with the music but the people that listen if they weren't there you know it'd be a different story so that's what i try and tell people all the time that's how i look at it so anybody that supports me is like family you know so i really appreciate it and i take it to heart take it very seriously yeah that's a, that's a great way to look at it so let's talk a little bit more uh music a little bit later uh what i want to do now is uh go back in time so to where you were born where, where you grew up so yeah uh, you said before that you're from stockton california i've been yes. to california four times but i can't remember visiting stockton so uh, yes. for our international listeners can you sort of let, let us know uh exactly where it is you know geography wise okay. 100%. So Stockton, California is about uh, 45 minutes south of Sacramento, which is the capital. Um, it's about five hours north of Los Angeles. So it's really in the Central Valley um, of California, right. Right, right in the middle of California, in between the Bay Area and L.A., um, closer to the Bay Area. they have like, yeah. I, I went on the train to San Francisco. Is it, is it, is it goes through Stockton there or...? No? I think so. It depends. It depends on where you where you get it from, because uh, uh, San Francisco is about an hour and a half from Stockton. Stockton, California, right. it's, okay. it's tucked over there. If you're going through like the Altamont and like Livermore, there's um, uh, Stockton's closer over there. It's it's hard to explain, but it's close to the capital, so it's close to Sacramento. Right. A lot of people know Sacramento, okay. but yeah, it's it's about thirty minutes from Sacramento. Yeah, that's where I'm born and raised in Stockton, California, and it's. It's crazy because it the city gets such a bad rap because it uh it was like voted like the most 
most miserable city in the world or in the nation at one point, like a couple years back. Seriously, it was pretty bad. Why is, so why is that? Why, why um, is that? I think I think because I, it's gotten better as of late, but I think the, there's been a lot of violence here. There was a time where we had all these homicides and different things of that nature. So I think that mm. was why it made one of those like Forbes list of like worst places <laughs> to live was Stockton, California. Um, yeah. The thing is with me though, I, I, I love that. I don't love love that violence or anything but i love that coming from a place like that because i feel like it makes my story even better you know what i mean it makes the yes. the, the good i'm doing the difference i'm making I'm, I'm doing way different than what we're projected to be and i love to let people know proudly where i'm from because they're like oh yes. wow really because they can't believe it because of the things i'm accomplishing but it, it you you need people like that to, to shine light on your city especially if it doesn't yes. have the best light on it already. So that's kind of my perspective. I would never like be ashamed of where I'm from. I think it, it's beautiful and it makes me who I am. So I, I appreciate it so much. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, tell us, were your mom and dad, uh, were they musicians or were they involved in like, like music, playing music? So not really. My mom, not at all. My dad, when I was young, I remember he would write a lot write a lot of music a lot of hip-hop and stuff but never really serious i mean right. he had a couple of songs he recorded with friends but i don't think he ever pursued right. it it was more like a or like a hobby or like a side passion type thing and he so you know unfortunately my father passed away i was about 11 years old and then once once that happened i think i kind of emulated what he was doing and i took some of the feelings i was feeling at 11 12 years old really started dipping into music writing music and stuff like that i didn't start recording until a couple years later but just started writing so it, it was it was it's it's amazing you know that he he did that because it really inspired me to do what i'm doing now so it's a blessing so. right. and uh, you know uh, what sort of music were you listening to at that stage was it just uh, songs off the radio or you know when i when i first started well back then at like 11 12 years old i'm just listening to whatever's on the radio at that point Right. Um, yeah. But I remember we started getting into CDs and like, I remember like early, like listening to like uh, early Kanye West when I was young, like a graduation album, one of my favorite albums ever. A lot, a lot of, a lot of Kanye, a lot of like Jay-Z back then, because they, they, I was younger and I was digging through like some older music and that was music that I was listening to. And it really inspired me. I really liked the fact that people could, uh, you know, do these songs and um, be so witty and uh, uh, comedic and uh, just inspirational, like really embody what I guess you would think what the American dream is, I guess. Like you hear these songs and all this bravado, like the braggadocious, like it's just all like part of the culture and it's so beautiful. You know what I mean? It's yeah. So we were just talking previously uh, just about some of your musical influences uh, and what you were yeah. listening to back in that sort of time. So can you tell us again uh, what your influences were? Yeah, no problem. So I, I like I had mentioned, I think a lot of Kanye West at the time at that age, um, you know, we the graduation album was very pivotal. Um, and getting me interested in music uh, and just art in general. That was one of the first, like, like first times I really felt like an urge to, like, put my feelings down on paper and, like, try to communicate with the world with my art. Um, I think I think Kanye was a really big influence, especially at, at a young, young age. Um, so, that, yeah, so I'm grateful for that because after that, it was 
off 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 to the races, man. So now I'm just fully uh, fully into it now, 100. percent And now and now nowadays, like I like I like a lot of different music. You know, I I grew up listening to a lot of the the you know the Drakes, the J. Coles, the Kendrick Lamar, some of the heavyweights. You know, um, yes. the big yeah, Big Sean's, Big Crits, different different artists that have really succeeded uh and and are able to be have a lot of mainstream success but still maintain a level of lyricism and uh, uh complexity you know so it's good to see that as well so yeah going into sort of your high school sort of days yeah actually you said that you you know you first started writing music about 12 or 13 is that right 12, yeah 12 yeah i didn't start recording until like 15 16 i think i put my first couple songs out around like 15 like you know maybe 15, 16, like 17, really putting out serious music at that age. Can you remember the first uh, song that you ever wrote? Oof, no, no way. It's been too <laughs> long. No, no. I can't even remember the first song I put out because that stuff was not even, it wasn't even there yet, man. It was a, a work in progress, man. Yeah. So, uh, it was, so it was just a matter of just getting your name out there, just, yeah, just, you know, just my trying feet. different things. Yeah, getting my feet wet. I don't think I really had a plan. I just was planning to just be known or just to get my name out there, like I said, with the music. So I would just consistently just put out music. And I think at that time, there was a level of like insecurity because I didn't have the confidence in my ability at the time. Mm. So, yeah, really just like a lot of self-doubt, not really understanding, looking for direction and just like not being able to. Back then, if somebody told me, oh, I don't really like your song it would really like personally affect me. I would take it so personally as right. opposed to now it's kind of like, I get it. You know what I mean? So not everybody's going to like everything, but back then it was like, yeah, you're like my worst enemy now, you know? So, uh, so I think, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for that. But yeah. Yeah. And what, what were some of the jobs that you had uh, when you were first starting off, like in high school and you know, after high school? So in high school, I was working at the towards the end of high school. I was work. You know what? Actually, man, to be truthful, I had like little oddball jobs, or I would sell like snacks and stuff. But I didn't have a serious, really serious job until I was like outside of high school. A lot of my high school years were based on just doing music, uh, sleeping over different friends' house, recording, and really. Ch- Chasing that dream, we were all in. We wanted to go to like, uh, you know, New York, and you know, we'd have these big dreams, but not yeah. have a plan for them at all. So I think during high school, I was so locked in. It was like towards the end of high school, I think I was able to like uh, do like homes. Like I was like able to do home study my my senior year, so I didn't have to be there all the time. I only went for like one period, and you know, or whatever, you know, how it goes. And then then I would work for one of my best friends. His uh father owned a uh construction business so i would like work construction so and that was crazy man it'd be like you know 100 degree summers and i'm like digging (laughs) digging and and pouring cement um and that 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 was important too doing that because it made me realize that i did not want to do that for the rest of my life right uh and and that's my advice to anybody trying to do anything is um go out in the world and you know work a normal job and you'll figure out especially as a creative it's like man i don't want to do this forever and it kind of gives you that push to like really bet on yourself and really go all in so i i did that for a while and then um just dude i've done i've had so many odd jobs dude like <laughs> any just weird stuff man like any kind of like 
like I fell into so many pyramid schemes and all those crazy, oh, right. just yeah, thinking I was gonna get rich quick, man. You know, so but that was one of the notable jobs uh, working for a man named Phil, Phil Alonzo. And it was really important, man. I really learned the value of a dollar doing that construction job, really understood where I wanted to be. And it really helped develop my work ethic that I still carry to this day. uh, And I implement into my music. After that, I was able to go and I worked at uh, actually UPS, the company UPS. All right. Uh, Yeah. And I worked there in the warehouse and moving boxes. And then I, I ended up crazy. Right. And I ended up getting into the management portion of it. And I was there from from like I was since I was like 19. And then until last year, last fall, I was able to leave. I left. I left and I just jumped out the window and now I'm fully doing this and uh, just working on a couple other endeavors. But, yeah, it's beautiful, man. It it, 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 it worked out pretty well. And and I'm happy, you know, so. And tell us about that. I mean, that's a huge step. You said it before as well. That's a huge step, too. But I really, really respect that we've had other people living here in shanghai that have taken the big step to to move here and uh, pursue like a music career it's always getting bigger and bigger the underground and yeah i've spoken to people and they just said you know what i'm sick of the day job Uh, you know i'm gonna take a risk and just throw everything at this music you know if it doesn't work out at least i gave it a try so for you a huge step for you uh yes do you have family and pe- and friends that like are really encouraging as well? Do you have like a good support yes. team? Yeah, I have a good support team. I have um, some amazing people in my corner that really, you know, go to bat for me. Mm. Um, and the funny thing is with uh, leaving the job, it was kind of like I was on vacation for a week from that job. Mm. And uh, I, I was already thinking about leaving. I had already like spoken to some people I wanted to leave. And they had called me on my vacation like, hey, uh, you know, this week you're going to be in, you know, in this city, like, you know, 45 minutes away, you're going to be working there. And nice. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm not, man. I'm not, I'm not coming back. I, so I, I just, <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying to, they were kind of messing with me towards the end because they knew I was pursuing this music and my different other endeavors I was trying to get into. So they were kind of like, that you know the management team kind of could look at me and be like yeah this guy he's got his foot out one one foot in one foot out yes even though i was a even though i was a pretty decent worker it was just the fact that they knew like hey this guy has big plans so and at the end i think they were kind of messing with me so i was like you know what i'm not coming back you know i i got other things to do And, and then since then man i've managed to be able to really learn a lot about myself and like do a lot of other things. And now like, and this is like so uh, out of field from music, but now I'm like, right now I'm training for a, a half marathon I'm running in March. Yeah, right. so I'm in, yeah I know. Right. So I've been, I ran six miles today. So well, that's, that, that's really... like, so, but, so that's what I think is cool. It's cause when you're a creative, you want to do so many things and me, dude, I want to do everything. I think yeah. life is so crazy. You know what I mean? I want to do, as much as I possibly can do. So I think uh, uh, me leaving that job has allowed me to not only musically, but also like just to see challenge myself in all these different ways I was unable to because I worked so much. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking, we, we're getting off track a little bit from the music. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's OK. I, I wanted to ask another question off, off music. I also saw that you did some modeling pictures as well. What's what's going on there, Carlos? Oh, man. That, uh, just, oh, man. <laughs> Hey, I'm, hey, you know what's crazy is uh, I nothing official, but that was a goal I had made a couple years ago that I was gonna try 
and get into some publication on on that on that frontier. And I haven't gave it my 100% full push, but I think that is something I'm going to pivot back into and try to do because mm. people tell me I should do it. And like nowadays, man, it's it's uh, they want people from all walks of life, people yes. from uh, different body styles. And it used to be different. You had to be really thin, whatever. I'm a more like, you know, heavier, muscular, more muscular dude. So you don't see a lot of models necessarily like that. You see like really thin, you know, New York, you know, uh, fashion week, whatever. So. So I think now I'm able to, uh, you know, uh, you know, hopefully I can make that happen. So now, now I can visualize it and hopefully I can get in, in tune and really buckle down and make it come to, together for me. So. And then how do you how do you sort of safe fit? You know, uh, you're in the public eye a lot. You know, if you're going to do modeling and playing regular gigs and all that, you know, uh, you want to always sort of keep fit. And so, so how a, do you do a, that? It's important. Yeah. Right now. So for the last three years, I've been. Um, People don't believe it because they see me and, you know, they're like, they don't believe me when I say this, but I've been on a, a plant-based uh, vegan diet for mm. probably the last year and probably like a vegetarian diet the last two years, uh, three years in total. So since like August of 2019 or something like the 2019 or something, it's something, something like that. But that was very big for me. Uh, just by doing that, I was able to cut a lot of weight. I began, I began to become a little bit overweight. I lost uh, lost a lot of weight and uh, was controlling some metrics on my health side of things and w- was also able to just kind of influence a lot of my family and friends to kind of follow suit, cut yeah. out a lot of like dairy products and stuff. Because, you know, in America, I don't know how it is there, but we, we over, you know how we eat over here. It's crazy. <laughs> the first time I come there, sorry, first time I come to uh, the U.S., it was like our extra large was like maybe that category like the u.s is like twice as it's big crazy as it, 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 yeah. it, what do you do you see that though is it is that true though it, oh, it, yeah. it's out of proportion oh here? yeah yeah like like a like uh, you, the burgers and there was an in and out burger that you can only get in california or something like that and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we went there one time and like uh, asking for like a burger and it was like this huge huge burger i was like oh my god so yeah, it is a little bit out of proportion, but um, yeah, man, going along the highways, going to different cities, and like all these truck stops, and it's just all fatty food, and it's yeah. like, where where's the fruit? Where's the vegetables? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's not, there's there, there's none, man, and, mm. and that's why I kind of I made a, I made a change because uh, I come from like health wise, I come from a family of like like diabetics, like cancers, right. different things, you know, throughout my whole family. So I told myself, you know what? I need to make a change because of the diet we've been doing for the last couple of decades and centuries of my family isn't working. So mm. let me see if I can change it. That's one thing I had read is like, uh, you can only blame your genetics for so much, you know, because sometimes it's just the fam- the, the eating habits passed down in the family as well yeah. as genetics. If your family's yeah. always ate pasta all the time, then, you know, maybe that's why everybody has high cholesterol. You know what I mean? It, it just, it just ties in that way, you know? And I read on your Instagram that you're the co-founder of Plant Based. Now, is that is that another sort of uh, food, uh, you know? Yes. Or is that, is so, that all right? <laughs> so 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 it ties in. So it's uh so I just it, the plant based thing is just like that's just me describing who I am. Uh, it's uh, uh we have a food truck. Um, it's called Las Marius. Uh, it's, it's a vegan Mexican food truck, and it's it's fire. You would love it. You would love it. It it tastes exactly like cheese and pork and everything but it's it's all plant-based fruits 
uh, jackfruit, um, a lot of jackfruit um, seasons and, and different things of that nature, uh, cheese from almonds and things like that. So that's kind of like another endeavor I have. And that's something like I'm really passionate about. I think yeah. that, you know, especially in America, we consume so much animal and dairy product. It's crazy, man. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's it, yeah, it's no good. Everybody's overweight, man. That's the crazy thing over here. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And especially in the pandemic too, like you can't go outside. So yeah. Yeah, man. People watch yeah, TV. So watch TV and watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, yeah, that's one of the things. Yeah. So that yeah is the the Lost Marlies is one of the things that that's like my baby, man. So I've been kind of like flagging the ship on the marketing and and co-founding that one. So I really am trying to push that. I'm doing so, so much at once. People look at me like you're doing so much, but. That's how my mind works. I think it's a slight ADHD. I need to like, kind of like, I can't focus on one thing for too long. Like I'll yes. spend a couple of days doing one project. And I, like, I like to do different things. It keeps me interested. If not, I yeah. get really bored, you know, so. Speaking of a new project, I only just posted on your Instagram, you know, seven or eight hours ago. Oh, get yeah. It, let's get it. Baby remix. Yeah, Tell us about yes, this. Yes, yes. Tell us about this. Yes. So this is, it's an artist, uh, another artist from the same city as me. Her name is Surf Baby. She's super charismatic, super fun, like super fun music. Uh, she's she's amazing. And um, she had invited me, her and her producer, Jerry, had invited me uh, an extended invitation for me and another artist uh, from the city to, to hop on a song, uh, rebrand it, and then that we're doing a remix and it's coming out on the 21st of January. So in about, what, eight days from now or seven days from now? So next, yeah, so yeah, so next Friday. So yeah, so it's really cool. I feel like sometimes that's the best things is like uh, doing features is sometimes even more fun than doing your own music because you kind of can just like it's less pressure. You're just like going in there and you know you can just kill it and you're just doing your just doing your part. You're not putting together the whole song. You're just doing one part. So it's really cool and it's gonna be really really cool. And I'll make sure to send that to you when it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. We'll, we'll promote it. But I'm always interested to ask, like, how do you pick, like, these people that are on your albums, especially? Like, uh, uh, she picked you to come on. So how do you – is there, like, a process or is it just, like, a friends or, you know, is it uh, your music, word of mouth, or is it just yeah through your label so I or – I think it's it's a combination of all those things. It could be from a, la- a label person, like, hey, we have this guy that we might want you to collab with, check him out. Mm. Or it can be personally me just finding somebody that I know. A lot of it is some of those people I have been friends with for years. So I just, hey, I, I have a song. I, it sounds like you would kill it here. Check this out. Send it to them. They like it. They come to the studio or they go in their studio and get it done. Uh, for me, though, now I'm trying to, I want to do more like other artists like from different states different like i would love to do something for somebody from shanghai like like really like bring that surprising element to people yeah. like like people are like i want people to listen to my stuff i'm like who is this guy that he's yeah. working with like yeah. almost like you know whatever you know really shine that light so that's uh something i'm looking forward to and i think um back to your question of course is uh a lot of the features come from just me handpicking them or me having relationships or me hearing like listening to a song I'm making and I, I can hear so-and-so really doing well on this. Let me see what they think. And then sending it through and things like that. So hopefully I want to, I want to go beyond because a lot of people I work with are from California. So I want to go beyond the parameters this upcoming year. And I want to be able to, you know, do, you know, different people, different continents, different producers, and really just uh, diversify my sound. So that's something I'm working on. You know, I'm from Australia as well. So 
any any talks with any uh hip hop artists in Australia or No, I ha- I no? haven't. I are there are there really is there a good hip hop community out there? It, it always it always is. It's always up and down. It's a bit like my style of music with uh, like the hard rock. It, it, it's always you know sometimes it's on radio, sometimes it's not. But you know it's always there in the underground. Yeah. So yeah, we always have. They want to sound like the American rappers, ah. but they want to have uh, be different. So it's it's a sort of Conflicted. like about yeah, it's like a balance thing. You should send me some. Send me some when we get yeah, well, so I can hear. I would like to hear some people. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I could play some guitar on your yeah, one of Yeah, no, chat. no oh, problem. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I need it, man. I'm, I'm looking for the instrumentation is a beautiful thing too. Just like the like we talked about paying that saxophone was so like cool. Mm. Like people love that, and it's like you you have to uh, live live um, instruments. Uh, implemented into today's uh, music climate it just makes it that much better because nobody's doing it as much anymore. Everything yes. like, like everything's just electronic now, which is okay, but it's cool to you know have that you know that live feel. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about your first EP that you brought out a couple of years ago. So uh, I do believe it was like uh, Neither Before. Is that the yes. first one that you did? So that was uh, one of the that was one of the bigger ones we did. Yes, that was right. about. Two years ago now. Yeah, it was two years ago. Yeah, two years ago now, yeah. Yeah, so was this process, how did this all come about? Like, like all of a sudden you'd be writing music and then, yeah. okay, so now it's time to focus on your career and your music career. Did you have people that, you know, you knew, you know, a good studio? So so a blessing for me is I, I work with a producer named Ofishow, um, and he has... Um, really helped me out a lot and um opened his doors for his studio he's like my brother you know what i mean like i call him <laughs> my brother because he, he brings me in we work together and it's not always about um you know money or uh, he's not always looking for you know credit for certain like we, we're just like trying for the better good sometimes we're just trying to make it happen i just uh trying to find it is this plural music no so plural music is my my distributor and my artist management so this is a right. different this right. is just a friend, a friend of a friend, uh, and we end up creating a great relationship. And we make really great music together. He produces probably like ninety percent of the work that you hear. Um, he did Pain. He made the instrumentation for Pain, the first half. Oh right. And helped the second half. So he he does, he's really really talented. With him, um, we were always working on music, and we were already releasing music. But when we did that project, it was it was really special. Uh, there's a song on there called Electric. It was my first time. Uh, actually producing a song and releasing it like actually oh. uh yeah I, I think i did about 80 percent of the production on that one like i did everything except like i think so i had somebody a, a bass player come in and play the bass on it but everything else i did myself and that was the first time you know what i mean and i've been doing i've been doing music for a while, long time and now i finally learned how to kind of like if i need to it's not necessarily my passion but uh i can produce some stuff you know what i mean mm. uh, i'm not the, i'm not the i'm not i'm not the best at it just yet but I think I do um, a really good job and I'm able to uh, approach music differently. And I have that ear. I can go in the studio and kind of talk with the same jargon as the producers and the engineers because I know what needs to be done from my ears now. And that, and that makes a difference, too. And I've, I've always I've uh, some artists I've listened to always say, like, no matter what you do, you should know a little bit about every aspect. If you're an artist, you should know about 
uh, post-production. You should know about engineering. You don't have to be a professional, but just know enough to where you can talk in that language with these people around you. It makes and it makes sense. So yeah, uh, we did. So so going for it. So we did that, and then uh, so like never before happened, and that one was a, a really a really great moment. I we had a big song on there um, called M's. We did a really nice video for it, and we did a really good push for it that year. Mm. And it really set me up for 2020 um, and 2021. So I'm, I'm I'm super excited for what's gonna happen next. And and who whose idea was it to to do the EPs in a different color? That was something I had talked about with a friend of mine, named, um, a friend, and also somebody that helps me out at the, uh, the Plural Music label. His right. name is Joe Q. Joe Q. I had talked to him about it before. And it was talked to him about a couple years ago, and we never did it. And I think this time I was taking it upon myself, like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to challenge myself, and I'm going to just try and put out this music. And it was pretty successful, and I I thought it was great, great exercise for me to learn. And mm. what, it, what, it, what it really did is it built, it built a foundation within my catalog. So now when people go like, like yourself, you go listen you have all this material to listen to. So if you find me on YouTube or in an interview like this one, you go back and you have hours of content already yes. there. Some people don't have that. They might have one or two songs. And I've and I've seen people go viral or blow up and they, they offer one song, right? You know, but they have That's no it. catalog. They have no catalog under, so they're like scrambling to try and make the next hit. And you can easily like, you know, fall off that way. I feel like organically having that stockpile of content so when people do discover you, they have hours of material to shift to, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And for this album that they come out, uh, Colorblind, did you re-record these, or did you pick them from from the, you know these uh, color EPs and put them? Uh, so, you know. So what we do is we we basically pick them, uh, we remastered mm-hmm. them, remix them, right, and then we added some different vocal elements. And like I said, there was like. Two or two or one or two songs we added that were brand new, like bonus tracks. So basically, it's just repackaging it. But what's cool about it is, as the and this is a cheat code right here for anybody listening, but we put that project out and it has the same ISRC numbers as the songs that were originally out. So technically, oh. the first day that the project comes out, it already has you know it already has X amount of streams because of the songs were already streaming months prior. So then it's pretty cool. It's actually pretty cool because then when when labels look at you, like, hey, man, he just put out this album. It already has a million streams. It's been one yeah. week or whatever. But it's because, you know, it's a compiled of everything else. And and that's what the major artists do. They put out these singles two years before their album comes out. And then their album comes out, they add that single and they go platinum in like a week. It's because yeah. that song's because that song's already platinum. You know what I mean? Right. It's like a, it's like a it's like an industry uh, cheat code that I'm, I'm learning about. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And you said that you're doing the collaborations. Uh, so let's let's talk about the future for you, uh, Carlos. So um, you know, what, what's the plans for uh, 2022 and beyond? 100%. I think right now I'm I'm really just honing in on, um, like I said, I have like things going on personally, and with music, I think it's just like we last year we did a lot of music. We put out a lot of music. I think this year we're looking to scale back and really just develop a couple of those, like, like I try to make those hits, you know what I mean? Like really sit back and keep staying in the studio consistently, but maybe not be as vocal with projects. We really want to, because last year we were just putting out music, boom, boom, boom right. right at the press. Now 
we want to really strategize. And I've been working with my team to really put action plans in place to really hit different milestones. Like if I want to say, hey, I, you know, we want to pass X amount of streams this year. How can we do this? How many streams do we need to get per week, per month, per quarter to be able to reach this goal? So that's why I'm trying to really break it down and carp, uh, like put it into different compartments and like um, and execute. So I think this year we're just going to make a lot of music and really sit back and find the songs, the project or whatever it may be to really attack and uh, be, be strategic with it, with, with our approach. Um, and then going forward, man, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, I hope to, you know, be holding the Grammy one day on stage because I think that I have I think I have what it takes to do it. I think I I bring a little different flair to the table and I think it's only a matter of time. I think it's all about consistency, man. Yes. Um, that's what I tell people all the time, because talent is subjective and talent means nothing if you're not willing to put in the work. So. And there was a quote there. Pressure makes diamonds. Yes. Tell me about that's this quote. Tell me about this quote. That, that one's fire. That so that was I think that's off of uh, I don't I don't even know where I got that from, but that's one that stood out for me. It might be like an old J Cole song or something, but it was like um, he said it says coal like you know coal under pressure makes diamonds, and it's like pressure makes diamonds. If you if you don't feel that friction, if you're not feeling that stress, those anxieties, that pressure from life, then you're probably not. Um, you're probably not you're probably not like uh working how you should be i guess or you're not get, going to go and be that diamond and really expand yes and a family in the future carlos or, or do you have a family um, um. so right now no i actually this this well it's last year now but about a month ago i actually just got engaged so oh congratulations yeah thank you so much sir so but you know right now me and her we're just like relentlessly working you know what i mean yeah. She's kind of helping me man the businesses and things of that nature. I'm going all in with this music and we're both taking care of our fitness as well. So right now we're just enjoying just me and her right now. You know what I mean? Before we dive into any kids or anything like that. So, you know, um, this I think this is a, the best time is to just enjoy each other and be able to travel, yes. do some other things like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about it before, but, uh, you know, what would you say to aspiring uh, rapper or, or musician, maybe even from Stockton or from someone uh, in Australia that wants to sort of, you know, get into the music industry, you know, or, or create music? What would you say to them? Man, I would just say, man, one, I would tell people not to. Hmm, let me see. You got, you got a good question there. I would tell people not to dive into this realm unless they are ready for the disappointments as well. Like it's not all what you see on TV and, you know, in the, in the magazines is not all true. It's not all butterflies and rainbows. Um, mm -hmm. There's been relentless, relentless periods where I had to really like, you know, push through. I think there's a lot of moments in my career where I, you know, I almost gave up in the beginning because in the beginning it's so hard. Like I said, mm. you have those self, those self doubts. So you don't know how good you are. You don't know where you can take it. You love it, but you don't know what you're really doing. You don't have the resources, the connections. Uh, you see other people doing it and they're, they're getting further than you faster than you want to go. So I would tell people to, um, you know, don't give up. Um, yes. Do you, do your do your research and really hone in on on um, perfecting your craft, your mu your music, and of course, like we talked about, your live performance. Make sure you have a good live performance. Yes. Because it all, when when all else fails, man, if your live performance is strong, it like you can do anything. 
Yeah. And you have so many more, you have so many more opportunities. Even if you're a small artist, clubs will call you and say, Hey, now we want to book you for X amount of dollars because we seen you do that set last week at this venue and you killed it. We want to bring you to our venue. So yes. you never know, you know, who will pick you up because of that. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the biggest things that I'm learning now is uh, treat, treat your, your connections, your, interactions with people at like a business like it's a business and i think people don't understand like carlos bryan is a business and i'm the ceo and i'm I'm really i'm really running this business and if we all looked at it like that you probably approach it a lot different yeah Uh, it's a level of professionalism and just um never grow up man i'm like the biggest kid ever dude i'm like the biggest (laughs) goofball ever but i think that's makes for like me to be really vulnerable and be really funny and and laugh through some of the hardest times and uh that, that's what makes me great. So I think that's kind of my like weird wrap up and uh, advice for anybody getting into it. It's just just uh, if you want it, go get it. Nobody can take it from you. You know what I mean? Just yeah. go and go and take it. You know what I'm saying? And just put yeah. in the work. You just got to put in the work. Yeah, exactly. And you, you said it before, like uh, work really hard, but you still got to have the fun part of it as well. Like you, yeah. growing up, listening to all your favorite bands and, and yeah. musicians and artists and you know, so think of those good times as well. So, yeah, it's a good balance. I really like that. And Carlos, uh, where can we find you for international listeners? Uh, your social medias? Yeah, social media. So I have my website where you can find a lot of my stuff. Uh, www. Carlos Bryant, C A R L O S B R Y A N T. dot com or my social medias. They're all at Carlos Bryant two hundred nine for Instagram, Twitter, anything of that nature. Um, and that's kind of where I am, and that's where you can find me. Uh, YouTube, the same way, Carlos Bryant 209, uh, C-A-R-L-O-S-B-R-Y-A-N-T, 209. That's the area code of Stockton. Oh, uh, come on. 209. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm super proud of that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And you also have a link tree there, uh, just like myself. I think this is great because you can just click yes. on it and it comes up with all your YouTube links and all that. So yep. I think that's yeah. a really cool way. So that's on yes. your Instagram page as well. So yes. Uh, yes. you can uh, find all his music there as well. So just very quickly before we go, I'd just like to ask a couple of quick questions, get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready? So first one, it's a tough one for you, especially you're a musician, but can you give me your top three or four uh, favorite artists of all time as of today? All time? Yes. As of today? Yes. L- living and dead or just living? Uh, either. Oh, see, that makes it too hard. Because, yep. you know, I want to draw for, you know, like the, the Princes and the Michael Jacksons as well. Mm. Because mm. I'll just go with who I named before. Like for yeah. me personally, people I really look up to, is like, it would be like, uh, Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. I think those guys raised me the last mm-hmm. 10 years of my life. I've spent listening to them. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned more from music than I've learned from teachers. So I think they've taught me quite a bit about myself as well. So I would say those three gentlemen there. Okay. And sport-wise, who are your two or three top favorite sporting teams? I'll just go with one probably and just the, o- the, the, Las, the Las Vegas Raiders now, but they used to be the Oakland Raiders. Oh, um right. yeah my yeah my uh my dad was a big fan so i it's in my bloodline so 
They get moved around all the time. Like they're I the know. ones that sort L- of like LA, shifting. Oakland. <laughs> Yeah, Las they're, Vegas they're, in Las, they're in Las Vegas now. Yeah, they have a nice uh, stadium down there. They're, they're in the playoffs for the first time in a minute, too. Ah, it's pretty cool. That's, that's really cool. International uh, destinations. Uh, tell us uh, two or three place cities that you visited and uh, two of your three of fav- favorite uh, destinations and then three that you would like to go to in the future. So I haven't really done much traveling outside of California, I'll be honest with you. I the furthest I went as I went to the East Coast, I went to Boston. Okay. And it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, back, it, it was just amazing. It was cool. It was snowing. It was so cool. I mean, because there's a snow in California like that. So it's so <laughs> cool to see that. And I love being in Los Angeles when I'm in California. I, I love it. That's where I'm planning on moving, hopefully, this year. Oh. Going down there. Where all the celebrity, celebrities are at. There's a lot of opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, so for internationally, man, I, I was just talking to my fiance about going to uh i think i want to see what spain i want to go to like uh japan like southern like the 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 like southern part of america's uh like all the 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 spanish countries i would like to go down there too or and try that out as well i haven't even been there so i have a lot of work to do hopefully this year could be the year i can do a lot more because last year and the year before were horrible for traveling so Come on, Carlos, you got to come down to Australia, mate. Uh, uh, oh, Austra- well, Australia well, is calling you. <laughs> what, what do you what do you even do out there? Just like what? Right, walking in the sand? Or no? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's but it's true, but like we we live on the coast. Uh, you know, not not too many people live inland. A lot of beaches and a lot of uh, like vineyard. Yeah, it, it's a very nice place. Uh, lots of good food. You'll have a great time. You need to get down there, Carlos. Uh, okay, I'll try it out. I, I, I've never even thought of going there, but you know what? Now you've sparked my interest. Come and pat a kangaroo and a koala. <laughs> I know, that sounds crazy. And books. Uh, do you read books? Yes. Uh, I just read, uh, I just reread. I, I do like, I like self-help books a lot, like in business books. I'm like, so I read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad again. That's like, you know, I love that book. Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I think what other one have I read? And I'm reading the new one by um, I think it was Fifty Cent has a new book out. I like reading stuff like that. A lot of like you know a lot of hip hop moguls that really are successful and they blossom to have their own TV shows and businesses. I like to pick their brain and see because that I, to me that's amazing to like start in music and then become like a movie star and then like open your own restaurants and thing. I think that's so cool like to see that because uh, you don't because you don't see that. I think you see that more in rock music and other genres pop like the artists stay around a long time and in the hip-hop community like there's only a couple like like the snoop dogs that have actually gotten old and still been able to be in television and film you don't really see that much you know so i when i see that i like to pick their brains and like uh learn from them so that's kind of like what i've been doing right now but those are my three books right now but that atomic habits by james clear is super good book talks about just like habit forming how to form habits and um how to like break bad habits and things. It sounds very simple, but it's very cool to read. And you understand how the human brain works with dopamine mm-hmm. and how we like get a hint, hit a dopamine for eating a chocolate bar type deal. You kind of <laughs> understand how you can rewire it. It's crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. Yes. Last last question, Carlos. Who is your greatest inspiration slash hero and why? That's a good question. That's a hard question. I think I'd have to... Um, boil it down to two people and mm-hmm. I think that I would I would just give that to 
my mother and my grandmother, I think, are some of my biggest inspiration. Uh, really strong women. Um, busted their ass to make it happen for, for me and uh, for my siblings as well. And like, um, you know, it just it's 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 one of those things, man, where when you see people that will do whatever to make sure you're good, even when times are kind of tough, I think those are the people that deserve their flowers because it's like, without that, man, you, you don't have anything. And that kind of set the, the, the pace for me, the work ethic for me as well is because, um, you, you, and that's my whole thing I tell people now, I just want to provide when I do have children, I want them to have a better upbringing than I had. And I want them to be able to provide their kids a better upbringing. It, it should be a cycle that that continues of, of better, you know, better. Um, so I, I think from them, I see everything they sacrificed to make it happen for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. And now I'm taking my, my opportunities to try and make it with these passions and dreams. And I take it so personally because I know that, you know, they believe in me and they, they believe in the music and what I'm doing. So I feel like I owe it to them to, to keep trying every day. So those are like my biggest heroes, those women in my life. Keep me on the right track. You know what I mean? Very simple, but you know, I couldn't, you know, it wouldn't be right to say anybody else. So. Absolutely. I think that's a good way to finish off, Carlos. Um, yes, a hundred percent, man. Amazing talent. Thank you. You know, I love how you've decided to give it a go, you know, throw everything into it, give it a try. Um, yes. you're pumping out music like there's, you know, <laughs> like, no, tomorrow, it's coming, I know. like it's coming out very, very nice and, and very, very smoothly. So, yes. um, for, for a musician or an artist to be able to do that, uh, is very impressive. Uh, Thank keep so up, the, keep up the good work. Thank you. Come on again anytime and promote some yes. things. And, uh, we look forward to, uh, some new music in the future. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited for you know some of your your friends down there in Shanghai to check it out and see uh, what they think as well, man. I'm gonna have to come down to Shanghai actually now. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Yeah. All right, Carlos. Man. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for your time. All the best.
chasing you, ayy If you're shaky, I'm on shake, ayy See you living fast, no breaks, ayy Say you wanna come to my side I just wanna see you in the moonlight Going back and forth, here we go Killing my vibe, dropping my flow Bottom in my bag, nobody go fuck with me Feel like Joe Body, you stuck with me Mess with me is a luxury If it attracts me, they go run for me Subtract me, living unluckily Got a cold piece and she go run for me Losing track of time, but I feel safe for you Flowers in my mind, can I change for you? I don't need no sign, I'm away for you Can't get away from you, spend all the time been chasing you Losing track of time, but I feel safe for you Get away from you Spend our time been chasing you, eh? Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor burn free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com.